This is Bill Friday, WPTF in Raleigh. I'm Rufus Adbiston on the Weekend Gardener. Now, here is your moderator, Tom Camp. Thanks for watching this week's NC Spin. Now, here is Pink Kaiser. Hi, yo, well, that's good. This is Art Devine. This is Robert St. John in the NBC Newsroom in New York. The Monitor Edition of News of the World. Debnam views the news. And now, here is Mr. Debnam. Good afternoon, everyone. Yours truly, Sam Beard, and Jim Reed, and Carl Gert. Thank you, Sam, and greetings to all of our listeners. This is Harry Presley, WPTF in Raleigh, North Carolina. Wayne Ed is standing by now with a check of the latest news. WPTF News presents Regional Report, a digest of late happenings throughout the area. This is Bill Ellis. This is Jimmy Capps. With a nocturne, we send as our best. This is Bill Hope. This is Warren Barfield with Kingdom Scott at the organ and a program of familiar carols. Good morning, this is Phil Franklin. And this is J.C. Knowles with the North Carolina Collection on WPTF. I'm Mike Blackman, WPTF News. This is Robert Hager, WPTF News. This is Bob Farrington. Good morning, everybody. Charlie Gaddy here with Ask Your Neighbor. Mario Dale here. Fess Parker, our guest this morning here at News Talk 680. Well, Jack Boston, that was a great introduction. Hey, everyone, great to have you with us. This is North Carolina's Morning News. I'm Brian Freeman on WPTF. Hello, I'm your friend Bart Rittner. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Bob Butler Show. And this is Ned Champion reporting. And here is Carl Venters. WPTF is the voice that shares with its neighbors what it's like to be living the life of Raleigh. This is Charles Osgood wishing Mike Rayleigh and Ann Clapp congratulations on the anniversary of WPTF's Weekend Gardener Program. This is Donna Mason on 680 WPTF. And I'm Dick Stork in the WPTF Record Vault. Good morning to you. Johnny Hood on the Southern Farm Network. Well, howdy, everybody. I'm Hap Hanson. I'm Marlon Bowling reporting. I'm Ann Clapp. And this is a Tar Heel Gardener saying, keep them growing. Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Yeah, and we got uh, we do have Rufus uh, here this morning. Miss Clapp is off today, and uh, Gerald Adams was nice enough to to come in to join us, and so was Pam Beck uh, by phone. And uh, Pam, did you have a nice uh, relaxing time in, uh, during the news there, and you're ready to go again. Oh, I did. I got to get up and stretch my legs and have a sip of coffee, so yeah. I feel pretty good. I'm ready to go. Wonderful. Okay. Uh, 919-860-9783 is uh, the number you were going to mention to Olivia in yes. Zebulon about the burnout. I looked Don't up, use it. I looked up the burnout, and yes, it's it's an organic chemical that won't wouldn't be dangerous around water, but I don't know if it's got enough mojo oh, to okay. knock the fern out. But uh, glyphosate is the chemical in Roundup, and there are plenty of people that have an aquatic 
glyphosate, generic, and it lists, I saw several different things listed at Lowe's and Home Depot. So I think she could go to either one of them and ask for, she can ask for aquatic Roundup, but it's probably going to be a generic aquatic glyphosate chemical, and that's going to work better for her. And the warmer the day when she applies it, the better her chances for result are. But that won't be any danger for doing that anywhere close to any kind of stream. And follow the directions, there. unlike your brother with, yes. the, with the Roundup. You've Correct. Killed. All right. Uh, don't don't put too much of it in there. Uh, Thinking you're going to do a better job. Yeah, I know. That's we are, we are all guilty of doing that at times. Uh, Jay is in Clayton. Jay, good morning. You're on WPTF. Uh, good morning. How are you? We are very well. I hope you had a nice Christmas, Jay. Uh, yeah, it was a good Christmas. Thank good. You. How can hey, we help uh, you? Listen to you every weekend. I really enjoy it. Uh, Thanks. Glad, glad you're on today. To my wife's wife's working so it gives me some time to spend some time with you guys good so what can we do for you hey uh quick question on the treating the lawn gerald had mentioned you know using the speed boom and and spraying this time of year in the temperatures i use the weed beater ultra uh as a product i have centipede and i don't just want to you know lose the uh chemical by you know spraying it when it won't work and i believe it'll work in the 40s i guess my question was uh is it a good time you know this time of year i know it gets a lot colder than that i mean is it you know wise to use them at least when we do get warm days yeah and how how long will the chemical maybe be active well the whole the whole key is for most everything that's a a weed leaf a broadleaf weed killer the chemical absorbs it into the leaf structure and then pulls it into the in, in root system. That's how it kills it. So generally speaking, I think that if you've got, you know, five or six hours, I mean, most of the chemicals are going to dry within an hour of spraying on it. Clearly, if it's sunny, if you've got that day that's that meets your target temperature, uh, of course, I would feel so good today when it's going to be 42 and then right back to 23 tonight. Uh, I usually look at sometimes maybe not getting below freezing the next night. But if you're going to have a day where your target temperature is going to stay above that for five, six, seven hours, then I'm I'm plenty good with spraying it, uh, particularly if you're just spraying a small quantity. Now, if you were spraying three acres or something and that was quite a bit of chemical and quite a bit of money, that I might would be a little more particular. Uh, but you, you're way better off to spray and kill all these things before they can seed out because you're just, you know, going to have a nightmare in the years to come if you let all those seed hit the ground. Right, yeah. Uh, no, uh, look, this time of year is a good time to get the, the wild onions and the wild garlic. Correct. That, that we see pop up. So that's one of the things. Yeah, mine's just a, a acre yard with... Uh, centipede grass. Uh, yeah, and as I, long I as... You just use a handheld sprayer, so I won't be doing a broad application either. And, and that's fine, just long as, no, that particular name you mentioned, I'm, I'm not familiar. I'd, I'd have to see the chemical list on it. But long as you've seen in that, uh, in the when you were reading through the instructions, that it was fine for uh, centipede. Because centipede's a little twitchy. There are some herbicides that you cannot spray on centipede. 
Yeah, I use a uh, weed beater ultra a bonite product. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Mentioned on the show. Before. Yeah, and that should be fine. And and quite right. frankly, once the centipede gets completely dormant, hey, you could even spray Roundup on it and not do any damage. But I will point out, last winter was so mild. There was I saw some Bermuda and some centipede in January that still, when you got down to the nitty gritty, had some green close to the the root structure. Uh, right. So that would have been, you know, you, you want to know for sure if you're going to take a chance and, and do that. I, I'm a little skittish on doing that and want to know that it's completely dormant. Uh, and I figure yeah, most I've of the time. I've done that, and I've, I've killed some places. I have a, you know, half-sodded lawn, and the rest of it was seeded. Mm-hmm. So it's only four years old. But, I've, you know, a lot of the, the uh, I call them barnyard grasses, but the, Dallas grass and stuff. Right. I just dug out with a shovel. <laughs> yeah, because and it's a harder one to kill too. Dallas grass right. in, in in particular. So. Okay. But, well. But I think yes, there's no. I would way rather do it now, knowing that it's you have to be a little more particular about the temperature to get a good result. Because if you let those weeds mature, you're just going to create way more work and nightmare in the future. Right. Okay. Well, thank you. Jay, thank you very much, and have a happy new year. Oh, yeah, enjoy the show. Thank you, you guys, too. Thank you, sir. Now, Pam, I know you don't, um, you haven't used a lot of chemicals. Uh, how do you take care of, of weeds? Pulling? <laughs> like I said, I make You make Mike them. pull the weeds, don't you? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. We, um, we, we mow them if they're in the turf grass area or if we're using an area as a, as a walking path. We will mow the weeds and, and pretty much leave them there. Um, but if there's something, say, in my vegetable garden area, then I hand weed that. And I know that that's um, labor-intensive, but, you know, it, it is also very satisfying when you, you know, can't shake your fist at the world enough and go out there and pull some weeds and get rid of a lot of therapeutic. Places. It is. It yeah. is therapeutic. Yes. Um, so that's that's my my way of dealing with it. Is we we don't shoot a lot of things and we do use a lot of cardboard and um, and leaves. Mm-hmm. And we've got a lot of trees, so that's how we deal with stuff. Yeah, a lot of people get rid of. I, I see so many people bagging up leaves. In my oh, neighborhood, no. and uh, and raking them out to the, to the, the but you, if you have enough areas, you know that uh, can that need mulch. I mean, that's what what leaves are basically, or mulch. They, but they break down, and the other part of leaving the leaves. There's a there's a whole program right now uh, among the people who are fans of pollinators and butterflies and moths and and native bees is. If you can leave the leaves, uh, a lot of creatures are uh, overwintering in them. Things like luna moths and and um, some of the butterflies and uh, even even our little salamanders and and toads need somewhere to to shelter under. And that's a good thing if you can just rake or or blow them to the side and leave them in your beds, and they will decompose and, and help create soil too. And I don't uh, for aesthetics. I don't see any problem. I think they, the leaves look fine there. Uh, I know people spend a lot of money on mulches sometimes, but uh, this you know you, you've got some ready-made mulch there, and I'm sure it and will they look do good. Break down. Yeah, it will break down. 
And, Unless they're a magnolia, they take forever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Magnolia. Magnolia is about as close to plastic, I think, as you've got in the garden. <laughs> so people, the trials and tribulations of owning a, a magnolia, a, uh, an evergreen magnolia, that's what we're speaking of, the old southern magnolia. And those are the uh, types of trees that you, you don't want to limb up the bottom on them. I know people, you can't see through them. People have a tendency to plant them and... Uh, they they trim them up at the bottom, and for the rest of their lives, they pick up because you can't do much except pick up the the leaves by hand. It, it's hard to rake them. Yeah, but if you don't limb them up, then the the limb touches the ground. It's going to sprout another tree there. And boy, there are two sides to everything. Is the, it the truth? That's what that's what bugs you is for them to. To do that, uh, yeah, and I've, I've I've moved many a tree though to saw off each end of the limb mm-hmm. where the the root has started and move it down to the woods. And Pam, I use a lot of newspaper, uh, yes, especially those uh, where they write great. something bad about me. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> cases of them. And years ago, there there was just whole volumes. That's right. On my shipping yard. them in by the truckload, <laughs> day after day after day after day. Uh, Left-hand corner of the front page, and uh, then put leaves over it. And it, but cardboard's a good idea. And if you yeah, if you use newspaper way. mulch, wet it immediately yeah. so the wind won't blow it away. Right, wet it. Even the cardboard. I tell people I wet that as well. And um, all these boxes that are coming in from these delivery services right now, we've got we've got. Uh, bukus, I know you all do too, of cardboard that either we recycle it down at the at the local recycling center or we we use it in the garden. And I do we do cut it open so it's flat. We put the brown side up um, and then we wet it really really well. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it it works well. If you use newspapers, Rufus, have you found that thicker sections like about eight pages? is good for weekend. Eight to ten pages, absolutely. <laughs> okay. More of the Weekend Gardener. We're real scientific on this show. More of the Weekend Gardener coming up on WPTF. It's 1021. You're listening to the longest-running gardening show on the radio. It's the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF at 1024. Uh, Mike Riley here, Ann Claff is off today, and we've got uh, Brother Rufus and also Gerald Adams, Pam Beck. So we've got uh, Brother Rufus, Brother Gerald, and Sister Pam here today. <laughs> Rob is in and, Durham. And the Reverend Michael Rayleigh. Yeah, right. <laughs> Amen. Good morning and uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Rob. Uh, I have two questions. The first one is, I travel the state every day. Today I'm going to Greensboro, then I'm going to Shalot. I go through all this farmland. I've been doing it for 35 years, and I just learned what the difference between soybeans and peanuts is. And I was wondering... If you guys can maybe give an update once a week on what's going on on the farm, because a lot of people are in their cars and they're going, you know, they're going through farmland, and it'd be nice to know and kind of enhance the appreciation of uh, of agriculture. Yeah, you know, we we've uh, we have a an ag person who we have a uh, the Southern Farm Network um, that uh, we we own, 
that does that, and we've just uh, we haven't delved into it. I don't know if there's anybody that's been on the show. Now, Gerald's done some farming, but uh, generally, we, agriculture and horticulture are kind of uh, linked. But we just haven't we haven't had. Uh, you had the the used to work here, who's the corn. Director. Oh yeah, Ron, Ron, uh, Garrison. yeah, Rhonda Garrison, and um, we hope to get her on again. I think she's moving uh, to the coast of North Carolina. I think she said, but uh, yeah, that that's a, that's an interesting suggestion. Um, okay. There are the, the farmland. Uh, it's a, a tremendous most of it's amount. growing houses if it's in yeah. Wake County now. Yeah, that's uh, true. But um, yeah, every square inch of Wake County is going to be developed. I'm sorry to say, but there are a lot of places that aren't. Yeah, and uh, uh, this is still a big agricultural area. But the other, my, my other question was: the lady who had the problem with the ferns on her property, where they're trying to encroach, and uh, we're trying to find a solution that wouldn't, you know, get into the water system. Is the way that goats feed would they disrupt the uh, uh, the fern system? You know, the roots, the running um, ferns, or the or the clump ferns. Interesting you should mention goats. Um, ferns are one of the few things that deer generally do not eat. And um, they don't eat, they don't eat like ornamental grasses and turf grass, and they don't eat uh, ferns. I don't know that goats would eat the ferns. I really don't. But there again, I, you know, I'm not a goat farmer, so maybe somebody can call in. Well, I know that people have their lots cleared. We had a lot cleared uh, that was completely overgrown. They put, I don't know, half a dozen uh, goats. Uh, uh, on the lot mm-hmm. for a few days, they ate everything. Well, that, um, if you got goats out there, that may involve uh, more lawyers. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Thank, thank you for taking my call. Well, Rob, right. you you could uh, you call us occasionally to to you can be our ag correspondent. Well, Rob, you never did tell us the difference between soybean and peanut. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Which one? Which one comes over your ankles? That's that's how you do it, I think. Yeah. yeah well, I, yeah, I miss uh, I miss I the. I believe old... that might be soybean. Uh, peanuts low to the ground, and the peanuts will be below ground. Looks kind of like a vine. Yeah. Of course, the soybeans back when I was growing up farming used to be thigh high, and now they've got all these super dwarf varieties of right. soybeans. I think I it's a crop failure until you see all the beans come on them, but they're easier to combine. You don't have as much waste, so they have specifically developed dwarf soybeans. I miss, I grew up down east, and I miss the peanut fields that had the stacks, Mm -hmm. the the peanut stacks down there. They don't dry them the same way, and um, so... Yeah, so Rob, you could you are you are our official ag correspondent since you travel. So you 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 need to call us occasionally and report on these things and what you learn. Well, I'll I'll call you from the next hog waste lagoon I reach. <laughs> please please do, please do. <laughs> Thank you. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. No, we're hearing from Joe the bouncer. And and Mrs. Bouncer are they? Uh, uh, they yeah they they're long distance. Uh, they're, so they're listening to us on WPTF. I, I suspect so. I think com. he's been doing some work here in North Carolina though. Oh okay. And he's cutting up yesterday's ham, and uh, he's going to using the bone to make bean soup today. Oh, today for for hit soup. I agree on that. He could use that uh, the ham in, in a uh, omelet. We, and we want Joe the Bowser to stay very healthy. We do, we do. We we need uh, his strength. <laughs> <laughs> 
and cigars. More of the Weekend Gardener coming up on WPTF. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right, we'll do it. Well, by golly, we'll, we'll get back to them. Uh, I'm Mike <coughs> Rayleigh, and uh, Brother Rufus is across the table there. We've got Gerald Adams and Pam Beck's on the phone with us this morning. And we got also on the phone uh, the great broadcaster, Ken Tanner. Morning, Ken. I hope you haven't had a nice Christmas. Uh, yes, it was very nice. I wanted to uh, check in with you folks and see how Christmas went at everybody's houses. Uh, did you have a good one? Yeah, we had my uh, my son and daughter, and my son's uh, son's wife, and and uh, my grandson, and my wife, and uh, we we had a wonderful Christmas. Lots of things to eat. I mentioned earlier in the show. I I really probably won't be hungry a, again for another day or so, but because well, we had you know, uh, packed it in. I'm so old that uh, I knew you uh, when you didn't have a wife. <laughs> uh, that's right. That's uh, that's that's way on back there. Uh, it sure is. So, <laughs> yeah, but you're a famous man, Ken. That's right, man. Uh, that uh, all those big WRL guys, uh, the TV guys, and and uh, you were pretty big in radio back at WRVA in Richmond. Yes, I had uh, WRVA uh, uh, afternoon show for uh, about five years, and in fact, uh, you know they're. Uh, flying drones and, and helicopters and everything. We had the first helicopter at WRVA, and uh, they we made a big thing out of that. You know, the helicopter was in the air, flying over Richmond and reporting back and forth. It's just commonplace right now, but back then it was the newest thing since sliced bread. Boy, I'll tell you, that was a great thing. We had that. I don't know if we were the first or WBT in Charlotte, but we had uh, – we had uh, Jim Patrick and John Hoffman, both Vietnam veterans, Vietnam helicopter pilots. And when John or or Jim reported on a accident, they were right over it. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. You know that was wow. That was flashy stuff. Yeah, we made and it. You made remember big... John Hoffman? Uh, probably, uh, I think uh, I might be wrong, but I think after he left uh, PTF, he went to work for us. At WRAL Television, he probably and did. He was, he, you know, a combat combat uh, helicopter pilot. Uh, they're they're the best. John John, one of the smarter people I've met in my life, and uh, yeah. we were we were and glad to to have that. That was really a cool thing to have the. You know, uh, we were talking about peanuts and the difference between peanuts and soybeans. Yes, uh, we do. Uh, we do have an ag person now. Um, so, Rob, uh, we, we yeah. Ken, give us a report. Well, I tell you what, uh, we uh, had an experience with both of those, and of course, uh, you know, you'd have the peanut field days uh, down in the country, down in around Lewisburg, and uh, I would go down there with Ray Wilkinson, uh, and we would do the, you know, the peanut field day, and uh, people would always ask us uh, that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, when we come back to the newsroom about peanut trees, and I, I, <laughs> oh yeah, and I say, oh yeah, we got some big peanut trees in uh, in Northampton County. <laughs> 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 I 
they had these visions of these big peanut trees. Got to prune them right. Them down. Well, you know, uh, that, that brings to mind, we, we've, I've mentioned it. In fact, I've, I've played the bit of uh, Bart Rettner and Johnny Hood on the old Gabfest show. And the, the, it was a lot of ad-libbing that went on on that show. And, and I don't know if it was Bart or, or Johnny who came up with the macaroni plant in Sampson <laughs> yeah, County. I remember that. <laughs> they just had everybody look. You know, we got spaghetti plants, but uh, did you know we had a macaroni plant in Sampson County? And they're selling them at the farmer's market. So they, uh, <laughs> I think there were a lot of people looking for macaroni plants. Well, you know, Ray uh, and uh, me and Bernd Strickland and then uh, Sylvia Sutter, you know, were the only farm people in the uh, building. Right. And uh, the rest were, the, you know, they reporters that they would uh, bring in from different parts of the country. And we had a, an actorette from Chicago, and she had no idea. And we would tease her to death about peanut plants and <laughs> peanut trees and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> it was really, it was really funny. Well, I'm sure you've been in, in many a peanut field and peanut and uh, soybean field oh, over the years. Many of them. Uh, uh, Dr. Jim Dunphy was the soybean specialist. Yes. And uh, we had a variety of uh, peanut specialists in the counties, you know, that worked very closely with us. Plus the Virginia. Uh, I don't know whether it's you or not, but uh, Gerald, I'm sure knows. Uh, Virginia and North Carolina a long time ago, combined their marketing of peanuts. So it is actually the Virginia-Carolina marketing division. That's the way they... Uh, well, that certainly makes sense because of the uh, southeastern Virginia and northeastern North Carolina. That's where you see a lot of the peanuts uh, growing. Yeah, it's the same, same variety. Right. So they have, uh, they have one promotion person that takes care of Virginia uh, peanuts. In fact, speaking of Sutter, it was Sylvia Sutter's husband for a long time did the Peanut Association. Oh. Took over from the Fleet Sug. And I'm, I remember remember that name, oh, yeah. Fleet Sug. Yeah, I'm sure, Rufus, you ran into I certainly do remember plenty. Fleet Sug. Yeah, and the whole Sug family, you know, uh, it would be uh, Fleet. And I think uh, it was Fleet's uncle. It was another Sug that had the... Uh, the peanuts before them. Right. Got down to Bobby Sutter, and I think Bobby Sutter still has it, the uh, Peanut Association. One of my sweet mates at, uh, at NC State on Sullivan Dorm was a, his father owned a big peanut operation in Potticasey, North Carolina. Yeah. They had peanuts and they had a casket factory up there, too. There's <laughs> <laughs> huh. no kidding. Rufus, you didn't you didn't do any. Uh, I didn't do any any peanuts or casting any pot of casting. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. You know, on the way from uh, here to uh, out to peanut country, which is uh, we say I drove many times to Channel Five with uh, our uh, cameraman, the uh, uh, the uh, Bob Sadler, the late Bob Sadler, uh, would drive and I would ride and. Uh, the uh, we went through a place that uh, not many Yankees know about, and it's uh, a place called. And if you look at it, you would think it was Tonto uh, uh, or some combination, but you can tell that you're not around here if you can't pronounce Danita. 
Canada, yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, in uh, Edgecombe County. It's not so, Conto. It's not Conto. No, definitely not. It's not Conto. So Ray Wilson, the late Ray, would go over to the TV station every once in a while. And, uh, you know, he was he was originally from Chicago, but you would never know it. He right. A Rocky Mount, Rocky Mount, Rocky Mount. Yeah. And uh, so he, he, uh, he would go over every once in a while to uh, meet with the new reporters that were coming in to Channel 5, and he would take a map, and uh, on the map, he would uh, put the pronunciation of all the towns around, so you wouldn't say, uh, you know, for my part of the country, over in Roanoke, Virginia, over in the mountains, you never said the Appalachian Mountains. Oh, Lord, no. no. Appalachian. Right. Appalachian. Uh, uh, and if you say Appalachian Mountains, they know you ain't from around here. <laughs> you might be up from New York, but you ain't from here. You ain't from here. Yeah. They well, that that's uh, that was very helpful. That would that would that is definitely something that's very helpful for uh, for anybody new to the areas to. And you know, uh, being from there in that area, Mike, it is Edgecombe County, like honey, honeycomb, not Edgecombe. Edgecombe. That's right. County. Yeah, there there are several of those that uh, the newcomers kind of yeah. Uh, yeah. exaggerate. Wendale comes to mind for me, having lived in Nightdale all my yeah, life. Yeah, or Wendell. <laughs> Although I, I believe it was named after Oliver Wendell Holmes, but uh, it's it still came, Wendale. It, it became Wendale. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Ken, my my uh, niece lives in Roanoke. Her, her uh, husband is a chiropractor there in Roanoke, Virginia. In, in Roanoke, Virginia. Huh. And I, I love that old hotel, Roanoke. I stayed in that a couple of years Just ago. Just phenomenal. Wow. It the, is gorgeous. That, that breakfast they serve. The, yeah. Oh, my. That buffet Sunday buffet. Hotel buffet. Roanoke, is that it? Hotel yeah, Roanoke. Five-star five star hotel. Yeah. Originally built by the railroad. Right. Uh, and uh, they've, really, uh, they've really done a job on it. It's still a five-star hotel, uh, Hotel Roanoke, yeah. Well, Ken, it I'm... Is to die for, they have a... They have a roof. They have a a bread pudding. Ever heard of bread pudding? I Absolutely. love bread pudding. And they have one at the Hotel Roanoke that is to die for. Yeah, I mean it's just it uh, melts in your mouth. It is uh, so good, and the way they put it, uh, you know, with the butter at the at the right time. Uh, uh, not a chef, but they do everything right with that uh, Hotel Roanoke bread pudding. And also, Hotel Rona is famous for a peanut, speaking of peanuts, a peanut soup, which they make. At, uh, mm-hmm. Hotel yeah, Rona. as they are in Williamsburg, famous also for uh, peanuts. Well, yeah, that's where I stay when I go to Rona. I go home. I've got a uh, friend who has a bunch of, uh, you know, those room passes. They, he travels a lot. Well, I'll tell you, it's uh, I've only stayed there once, and I had a heck of a time trying to maneuver around that place. It's so big, and you get lost very easily. Yeah, you can. Well, what happened is it was built when the city was built. Roanoke is not very old. The uh, city uh, buildings are 1950, mm-hmm. and uh, it was only the railroad put it in there in about 1850 to 1890. And uh, railroad town, of course, and uh, uh, that was why it was built in uh, a swamp in downtown uh, Roanoke, as Rufus knows. Uh, 
90 to be near the uh, railroad, which was natural. You know, you get off the train and you're looking for a place to stay. And Absolutely. It was the Hotel Roanoke. And so originally it was, uh, they've added on to it over the years. And so that's why you can't find your way around it unless tough. You, know, you, you know where you're going. Big, big and then boys. you have trouble with uh, maneuvering it around. Well, my two cents worth today are our Susan and Leonard story from Ray Wilkinson. Uh, they uh, got stopped on the, on the highway, Cecil and Leonard, and uh, all of a sudden Cecil was putting, planting some flowers in front of the car as it was pulled off of Highway 64 on the way from Edgecombe County. So uh, put some flowers in the front, flowers in the back, and uh, Cecil said, Leonard, why are you putting flowers in, in, in the front and the back of the car? He said, I'm doing what the highway patrolman say to do. I'm putting flares in the front and flares in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, Ken. Yeah, always keeping keeping uh, the memory of Uncle Ray around is, uh, and Cecil and Leonard is a great thing. We always yeah, look forward to you calling, Ken. Never forget Uncle Ray. No. One no. of a kind. One of my heroes. Thank you, Ken. Yeah. Have, a, have a good after Christmas, and, and I'm looking forward to the Rufus Dog one of these days. Yeah. One of these ha- days. Happy New Year, Ken. Okay. Same to you. Thank you. All right. More of the Weekend Gardener coming up on WPTF. It's 1049. You're listening to one of the longest-running radio shows in the country, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Wow, we we only have about eight minutes left here in uh, in this year. In, whoops, I cut myself off there. I should know better than that after almost 50 years in this business. Don't cut yourself off. Uh, 919-860-9783. If you just hurry, you can, you can get in. If you have a gardening question, uh, Miss Pam, what are some of the things we need to be doing in uh, the landscape right now? Oh my goodness, it's um, it's hard to do anything as as interesting as this next week is going to be between the ground being so wet and so cold. Um, I think that the best thing we can do is curl up with gardening catalogs. Go ahead and order early, as Gerald had mentioned early in the program. Order early if you're looking for particular seeds or bulbs, uh, and sometimes you you have to wait and and something can be back-ordered. But if you really desire certain plants, this is a good time to do it. It's a wonderful time to evaluate your landscape, uh, to see whether you have enough green in it. Right now, uh, many landscapes are kind of flat and brown because of the deciduous plants that we adore for their leaf and flower. But honestly, I would, I would encourage you to put at least 30% of your landscape in evergreens of some sort, whether they're conifers or broadleaf evergreen, just to keep that garden looking interesting through the winter months. And um, I'll turn that over to Gerald. Well, Gerald, uh, what, what uh, are some of the things we can be doing from your perspective? I know you're doing them all the time on, on NC State Centennial Campus. Uh, I am. We are uh, we are starting, we will be starting to do some mulching before long. Uh, we have, these aggravating leaves have finally got out of the way, and we do have 
a place where we carry all our leaves and dump them to be recycling. We have our own mulch facility now. Oh, good. Where they're making mulch that we are putting back using across the campus. So we're really excited that we have, we've been kind of able to do some things in the past, but we've got two people that that's all they're doing now. So we can tweak and do some things a little differently. So we're excited about that. And then I'm not, I'm, I'm getting ready for tomato plant season. So I, I forgot to tell Sim to, you know, really heat praise. I'm a little unusual in that I'm somebody that, shops at the farmer's market every week but i'm also now a vendor there part-time in the spring selling vegetable plants and particularly tomato plants and all the work him and his uh, team did to make things happen this year people just don't know the uh, they don't all the aggravation and everything they had to deal with and how many people you know it's a miracle that market was able to stay open and people forget about where, you know, as a consumer, well, I'm so glad I was able to go get all the stuff. But for so many of those vendors, that's their, that's their lifeblood. That's how they make their living. And if that market had shut down, I I shudder to think, you know, that'd be more people uh, that would have had extreme difficulties. So my congratulations go out to Troxler and the agriculture department, but particularly Sim and all his team. And Monica, yeah. Jumping through all those hoops that they've had to jump through. Yeah. All right. Well, but I'm getting it. ready to plant a bunch of. I'm already sorting out and getting ready. I'll I'll start sowing pepper and eggplant seed in the greenhouse. I'll start. Uh, oh, you know, probably first of February. Uh, Rufus, I know one thing you'll be doing is pulling leaves off of your Edgeworthia. <laughs> well, I have, I, I have been doing that. I, I want that thing naked. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and so I'm, I'm going to get leaves off my moss too today because that's right. Uh, as Pam said to I, I like moss. I don't care where it grows. I'm, I'm all for it. Well, I, a good friend of mine in my uh, neighborhood was constantly battling the the grass, plant replanting grass every year for an area that uh, had large trees. So he had some shade. He got a little sun in there. But it was mainly the, the large trees, the maples and oaks that were draining the water from from the little bit of lawn that he had, I said, well, "Why don't you just? I mean, you got you've got moss already started here. Why don't you just leave that and kind of enhance it with that? I mean, you keep keep the natural areas looking really good with moss, but but have that uh, that interesting moss, and that's the way he's he's done it. So uh, the, it it takes a lot of effort for for landscapes so one way or the other, especially for the lawns. If you want some lawn grass, uh, the the warm season grass is a little easier to take care of, but it all takes a lot of work and money. And uh, sometimes, I, 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 you know, you, you may find that a lot of people in my neighborhood uh, have uh, lawn service, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's sometimes cheaper to do that than trying, if you have fescue, to try to do it yourself every year because uh, that is not permanent grass. It's temporary grass, according to turf specialists. If not done correctly, that's for sure. And I'm thankful Eight months that, out of the year. That's right. And I'm thankful that the lawn service, a predominant lawn service in, in my neighborhood is Fairway Lawn, one of our sponsors. Now, I'd like to think that it's because people are listening to this show, but I, don't, <laughs> I certainly can't guarantee it. But uh, yeah. More likely because they're getting a good result. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, let's see here. We uh, Leonard, is that right, Leonard? Leonard and Raleigh. Leonard, we only have about a minute or so. Hey, good afternoon. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Fine. Good. How can we help you real quickly? Uh, two quick questions. Uh, are these shows uh, recorded so 
people can go back and listen to it later? They are. They are, and okay. there's a, a podcast you can find on uh, at WPTF.com. All right, my second question. I have a friend of mine who has a uh, – there's a lot of water going through her backyard. I guess she has like a high elevation and the water just runs Yeah, drainage problems. What can, she do, what can she do to help prevent that? That can sometimes get expensive. Uh, I, I know – yeah, depending upon the source where the water's coming from, French drains can be put in, which is basically you dig a big ditch and fill it up with rocks. Yeah. But, you know, depending upon how long and big, that can get run into a pretty substantial amount of money. Leonard, hold on. Uh, we're running out of time. Hold on. We'll we'll discuss this further off, off the air since you didn't get a lot of time. Miss Pam, we'll see you soon, hopefully. On the show. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Brother Gerald, we'll see you. Brother Rufus, we'll see you next week.